when I lived in Nepal working at a school for a couple of years, my colleagues and I had to learn the Nepal Nepalese language. We taught school in English, but um, to get around and speak to other people and make friendships, we had to learn the language. Some of us really struggled. In particular, one roommate once um, had a trouble with a lot of the words, but he really nailed the phrase, do you like bananas? It just rolled right off the tongue. So, tapai like heraman parcha was his one thing he could always use to start a conversation. Now, at the time, there was a, a Maoist insurgency. So, there were, so, people were always searching cars at various checkpoints, and their police and military don't just carry handguns like we see um, around town. They have big rifles. And once we were stopped in a taxi, you know, crammed a little bit too full, and someone had to stop the driver and check, and uh, the driver claimed, we had too many people in the taxi, and I could understand what he was saying. He was saying, oh, these Americans, I tried to explain there were too many of them, but they just got in, which wasn't in fact true. And it was a bit of a tense moment, but my roommate leaned out the window and said to this guy with this huge gun, do you like bananas? <laughs> As a way of breaking the tension. Well, he laughed, and it, was, it brought to this really tense, you know, almost potentially violent moment, some humor and some connection. Another way things didn't always work out so well is when a different roommate got on a bus, and he was trying to ask, how much does it cost? But Nepali is one of those languages, this is common, where there, there are different ways to say is, different forms of the verb to be. So one basically means, you know, is something, you know, white or tall or whatever, and the other means really there is, so is there something. So that's what um, this person accidentally used. Another place where there's confusion is kati is how you say how, and katu means underwear. So instead of saying kati ho, which would mean how much is it to ride the bus, he said katu cha, which is how you'd say, is there underwear? But it's how you'd ask, do you have underwear? You know, is there something with you? Is how he said, do you have it? So he kept insisting, you know, instead of how much is it? How much is it? He was like to the driver, do you have underwear? Do you have underwear? All right. Well, I think of these moments on the Feast of Pentecost. So that's the day we're celebrating all through this week. And we've commemorated it today as well as Sunday. Because the public miracle of Pentecost is understanding different languages. Now, I think the sermon from Sunday was beautiful at reminding us that multilingualism is God's desire for human beings. Instead of allowing people to come together and build a tower and stick in one place, God comes to scatter them, it says, to the ends of the earth in all their diversity of languages and cultures. And then in a reading from the Acts of the Apostles where we hear a story about Pentecost, the miracle is that people have gathered together from all different parts of the world, and when the Holy Spirit descends, they hear all the apostles who are gathered in one place speaking in their own languages. Suddenly, they're able to speak in ways that are intelligible to people from all the ends of the earth. So the public miracle of Pentecost is this empowerment to understand each other, to understand each other's languages. And when I think about the world as linguistically diverse, I think of those moments where we have surprising connections 
as well as misunderstandings that make us stop in our routines and pay attention to our differences or pay attention to the person in front of us as baffling as they may be. Our gospel reading, though, gets to the more private or personal miracle of Pentecost, and that's that the Holy Spirit abides in us and will be with us. I think this dimension is so important because if we follow where the Spirit sends us, that might mean geographically to the ends of the earth, or it might be just to some other type of journey in relationship or in ourselves. If we go where God sends us, we are so likely to run into moments of fear and loneliness like we've never encountered before. And I can say that's also true of my time in Nepal, but also other moments in my life trying to be faithful to where the Spirit sends me. The private miracle of Pentecost is that wherever we go, to whatever ends of the earth, the Spirit will be with us. The promise is he will be with you always. It's the gift that Christ leaves to us when Christ leaves this earth. And it's the private miracle of Pentecost that we hope, I hope we hold in ourselves and carry with us to whatever ends of the earth God has called us. Amen.